0: Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. Today is February 6th, I believe. Maybe 5th, I don't know. I can't believe it already. It's like springtime over here in Israel. We see the grass. It is cooling, but it's beautiful. Oh, it is a sixth. <laughs> it is a sixth. It's amazing, you know. It's you know, growing up on the East Coast, February is is winter. But here, it, as soon as you see grass, you like you feel like spring. So it's very it's very uh, it's very nice. Even though it is kind of cold, you do get the sun and it, it really feels like spring. It's like we had our big snow and that was it. Um, we have a great show for you today. I have a couple actually, a married couple, and this couple I met under kind of sad circumstances. I was cleaning out a friend's home. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, has left Israel. She made Aliyah and um, had a hard time here with her family and actually left. You know, it was just meant to be a, a couple months. And she actually ended up, you know, selling her home. And I met this couple and the the um, they actually run a business called Alia Lift Shipping, I think is what it's called. And we're going to have them on. And um, they made Alia from Miami. So they'll tell us all about their story. But it's very sad to move. You know, moving is hard no matter where you are, even if it's from town to town, even if it's down the street. But moving to Israel is a big deal, and and leaving is is much, much harder. Um, You know, we all look at all the things we've gathered over the years, the the baby clothes, you know, the art projects, and some things we just never throw out. And even Pesach cleaning every year is a big deal. So just imagine that, multiply it by a couple times, and that's really moving. And it was was pretty pretty difficult to do. And that wasn't even me. You know, I'm just the friend. I didn't have any emotional attachment to anything. So I hope that never happens to me. I hope it never happens to any of you where you have to leave Israel. Um, And I don't wish that on anyone. And it wasn't wasn't easy, it wasn't easy. All right, stick with us. We have a great show for you. Like I told you, this couple's coming on. And if there are any other couples out there who'd like to come on the show, I love interviewing couples. It's it's nice to hear um, from both sides what each person thinks, each point of view. I, I hope each of them get a chance to talk today. So stick with us. We're going to be right back after this break.
0: Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date.
1: Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Joining us today is the couple I was just talking about. Their name is Yitzchak and Tikva Sasson. They made Aliyah in 2009 from Miami, Florida. And they were in their mid-40s, early 40s. Um, I'm sorry. They were in their early 40s when they came with their children between the ages of 7 and 19. They told me their 19-year-old actually came on his own as an adult. Um, what else? They moved to Ma'alot. Ma'alot. All right. Kind of an unusual place way up north. It's a, it's a small city. They're going to tell us all about it and how they found that city. And they have a business, a very relevant business to this show called Alia Lift Shipping. So they'll tell us about that as well. But um, let's welcome them to the show. Thank you for joining us. Yitzchak and Tikva.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you for having us. Okay. Um, now I met Yitzchak uh, under, as I was just telling our listeners, kind of sad circumstances. I was helping a friend clean out her home. She had left Israel, and, and Yitzhak actually was the shipping company to um, gather all the furniture and stuff and ship it to America. But most of your work, I hope, the, the two of you, is the opposite. You're bringing people to Israel. Am I right? Yes.
2: Definitely the majority of our work is people coming... Olim Chodeshim and Toshim chazrim coming back to Israel. Absolutely.
1: That's what we want. That's what we want. Yes, thank God. Um, All right, so why don't the two of you uh, take turns, tell us exactly or, you know, more or less, how you made this decision to come to Israel in your 40s from a very Zionistic community like Miami, Florida, where it is just bustling and busy. They're very active. Um, You know, most people, they wouldn't think to come to Israel permanently. They come in the summer and they go back to their life what what uh what what made your path different
0: um well there was a series of events um you know we've always been drawn to being here um you know we came and visited back in the early 90s and uh you know we loved it and so it came to be that you know we'd been living in Michigan and then we moved to Miami and then you know there was like like stock market problems and various things and i'm like you know, I think this is a really good time to just pick up and leave. And that's exactly what we did. We called Nefesh Benefesh and filled out all those papers and the papers that got lost and refilled them again. And and then we came on home on the Eagle, and we picked them all up because uh, we knew somebody who was here. And we're like, okay, great. And it had everything we needed. It had a boys' school. It had a girls' high school. It had a yeshiva for our eldest and uh we love it. It's um I'm from Northern California originally and uh it's lovely here.
1: Uh-huh. It's um I, I must say it's kind of an unusual place. I, I don't hear too many people who live in Malot, uh today at least, okay. Now two thousand nine is the year you made aliyah What you know, nefesh Nefish had a list of places to go. We made Right, they
0: did. Yeah, Nefesh B'Nefesh did suggest that we did go to um, Ramat Beit Shemesh, but I'm like, no, I want to do something different so that the children will integrate really well into Israeli culture, Mm -hmm. and that's what we did. So, um, you know, our girls have married Israelis. Um, Our eldest, he's married uh, an American, Ola, but, you know, we wanted to integrate better, and have mm-hmm. our children be able to attend, you know, Israeli yeshiva, Israeli university, without any language
2: handicaps and things like that. You understand?
1: Oh, I understand. We did the same thing. Um, it I, was I also, wanted
2: to... It was also the time that Nefesh Benefesh was coming out with the Go North program. Oh, yes. Which made it, it would give us a lot more of an incentive to come to find places like this. Um, we were the second family to come to Maolot, in what, like six or seven years? For sure, at least that. Just following right after another family that came in just a few months before us. Yeah, young mm-hmm. couple. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. So um, that, that, that's good. I don't think they have that anymore. They had go north for a while. I think they had go south for a while. Um, yeah. Right. What and then I was going to ask street. you is when we were speaking earlier, uh, you told me you had another plan for housing, but it fell through. Can, can you tell me about that? Um, we were
0: looking at the Golan and we were also looking at... um And um, we were going to get a place in Chisbin, but that yeah. fell through and went to somebody else. And uh-huh. so we called the person we knew from the old country, and he said um, that, yeah, he thinks he, that we'd like Malo, And so we just took that leap of faith and <laughs> came on over, and we didn't right, have so asking
1: you this. I'm asking you this for a specific reason. Today, we all are on Facebook, and we can even be on WhatsApp with strangers, okay? There are all these Aliyah groups, and it's very, very easy to communicate. It's very, very easy to plan Aliyah compared to when you came and when I came. So when you say things like, I know he's been, you know, because we were also looking at his been, it was a new community back then. Um, when you say things like, it fell through. Really? What, what exactly happened? And where were you when, that, when it did fall through? Where, where were you when you had to make a new plan? Well,
2: we were in Miami. We had to make what? Then we had to make a new plan. Ah, uh, yeah, we were in Miami. We had, yeah, it was kind of like a really fast turnaround. And interestingly enough, after we had settled on the house in Malot, some of the, one of the, open, one of the places in Kochav Yaakov opened up, they opened up some caravillas or something. Just like, well, like a week later, we got an email from them, saying that, yeah, we have availability now. And we're like, okay, yeah. well, that's just too late. And
0: Right. Yeah, so we, we, the whole, we approached our whole Aliyah as just rolling with it.
2: Yeah, definitely. We just rolled with it.
0: Yeah, we just mm-hmm. rolled with it and thought of it as, you know, like, you know how in America or France or England or wherever you happen to be, you know, you have your Hamish community? We just thought of making Aliyah as having enlarged our Hamish community and to have that kind of perspective and just kind of like roll with whatever comes and just try right. to be really flexible and that very worked smart. out really well
1: for us very smart and, and that's why again i i want you to tell me and i want our listeners to hear if you don't mind going back think exactly what happened because if you're like us you know you everything was email back then and and it's a lot it was a lot slower than it is today did you get some kind of email from your rental agent that said, Oh, your house isn't available anymore, sorry, and then you were on your own. T- what what exactly did you have to do? What exactly um, happened? We, with it, that it, yeah, yeah, oh, I
2: definitely remember. I, I really. definitely remember. We had sent Steve, well, the local Nefesh Benefesh representative up in Malote, helped find us the place to rent. Um, and we had sent them a check, it was a US check. But it was in shekels, and I didn't know back then that you couldn't cross currency with the U.S. check. And so we sent them for the deposit in the first month or whatever they were they were asking for. I don't recall. And they got the check, and they were very worried because it was shekels. The bank rejected it, and it was it was it wasn't right. And she was getting worried that we were going to bail out on her, and she was, needed to find I somebody else. That. And I had to go to the U.S. The, 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 what's it? Whatever, those the uh, kinkos or whatever it was to, to overnight a check, which ends up being like a three day overnight, um, a, a overnight a check again um, in U.S. dollars or something like that. But yeah, it was just a real big mess, and and we definitely she was definitely worried. Um, she wanted to make sure that because it was her house that she, they built and she they, she raised her family in, and she wanted to make sure that it was going into a good family. And she didn't, if she felt uneasy about, you know, money or Americans or whatever it was, it was a pretty isolated <laughs> community up here. And so th- th- there wasn't a big exposure to what other people were like. So she was kind of nervous and was kind of pretty, pretty um, planning on backing out of the deal if, if, if things weren't going smoothly because this was her house and she wanted to go into a, into a good family's home, into good families.
1: I understand. But who... Okay, you keep saying she, she. I guess the homeowner. How did you find her? How did you communicate with her?
0: Um, actually, Steve, who was our nefish benefish representative in this city at the time, um, he just—I uh, guess he talked to some people. Yeah. See, everything kind of like happens up here in the Galil, kind of like through connections. You know what I mean? You know, you mm-hmm. know somebody who knows somebody. Like our daughter, one of our daughters is an architect, and you know when she needed a new job after having a baby. You know, she called one of her friends and said, you know, can you let me know if there's anybody who's hiring? And then a couple of days later, yeah, there was somebody who was hiring, and that's how she found her job. Right, so it's right, kind of, right. you know, everything kind of, you know, you talk to this I get it.
1: but I, I understand that, but you're there now. This is all happened before you got here.
2: Yeah, you know it all happened before we got here. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything just fell into place.
1: Yeah. Now I want everyone to hear that because I want you to know, Tikva and Ishak, you're not the first people to say this. And this is why I'm trying to walk you through it. And I want our listeners to hear that once you're on the path to Aliyah and you're putting one foot in front of the other, little things, little events do happen, will happen, yes. but it's all for the good. And yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) You're not the first couple to get. I wanted to break it down because we hear this week after week, how people say, well, things just worked out. And exactly your words. We just rolled with it. It's true. It's absolutely true. Any hesitation, you listeners, dear listeners who are worried, who are hesitant, who are on the fence, who are thinking, oh, I, I, I just don't know. Once you put your feet into the game, okay? You and your partner, you and your family. It's true. What Tikva and Yitzchak experienced and what all of our other guests have told us, it's true. Things really do work out. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you just just have to go up to the water, put your feet in the water, (laughs) and then put the other foot in the water, and then the water parts.
1: (laughs) It really is true. And it's so funny that you mentioned your daughter finding a job. Because that really is the way things work here. It's it's Uh I mean the way I I, it's just unbelievable the way you can find things. It's from opening your mouth and being in the right place at the right time and going about your life and doing chesed, you know, and and things. Just it just really is a very people personable community. No matter where you are.
0: Yeah. No, I like to tell people that you know to think of their Amish community from the old country as becoming a huge Hamish community here and just, you know, talk, network, you know, make sure that I people... I think we're awesome. Hi everyone, this is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show, Pull Up a Chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, Hey, we've got to talk about that! So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Zipinski. We're continuing our talk with Yitzchak and Tikva Sasson, who made Aliyah in 2009 from Miami with their children. They were in their mid-40s at the time, their early 40s at the time. Now, their children were not babies, okay? Their children were ages 7, 13, 17, and 19. Now, they were probably told, just as I was told, don't come with teenagers. So I am asking you, Itzhak and Tikva, what was it like?
2: Oh,
0: it was really good because um, you know, they were interested to come and uh, they thought, you know, it sounded like a lovely idea and <laughs> they weren't they weren't scared, you know, they went with a real sense of uh, you know, of emunah, that this was going to be a better life for them and mm-hmm. it really has turned out to have opened up tremendous opportunities for our children um, you know, it's very easy for them to finish their educations, become fluent in Hebrew, to have That's secondary great. educations, and things like that. Um, so like our, our, our then 13-year-old daughter, um, she finished her high school here, and then she did a year of national service in Modine, helping New Orleans. And then she uh, got engaged, and she um, finished her degree in architecture, so she's an architect up here in the Galil, and she lives in a Moshav. So, you know, her family that she lives in the Moshav with is, you know, was brought in on the um, the rescue flight flights from Yemen. And wow. so, you know, that's very interesting <laughs> how you see all the different people who come, and then, you know, one of our other daughters married somebody who's from uh, Russia or the former Soviet Union, and wow. you know our son, our eldest, after he finished his, he's finished yeshiva, and army service, and he's an archaeologist, and he's doing his master's at Bar Ilan. And our wow. youngest, he's in Hezter Yeshiva in Haifa. And so, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, making Aliyah can be a tremendous opportunity.
1: Right. Right. Now you had. Um, really good fortune, it sounds like. I mean, if your children came at these ages and they didn't speak Hebrew, they weren't fluent, how did they, you know, join in the class? If, if they were new and they didn't understand, what, what was that like? Do you remember? Did they get a buddy? Did they get extra lessons? Tell, tell us.
0: Um, yeah, they got some extra help, um, but it was also just hilarious. Um, you know, in the girls' high school, in the open um, You know, my girls, you know, my children, they all knew basic Hebrew from being in religious school in, in America, but, you know, so they all spoke kind of like Biblical Hebrew, kind of, you know, and mm-hmm. so it was very funny. So the girls in the Alpana, they were all very kind and said that, okay, we're going to speak to you in English until a certain point, and then they started withdrawing the English and adding more Ivrit and it, they became fluent rather easily, um, mm-hmm. and my second grader, the same with him, he got extra help in class and whatnot, but we were really chill, really chill about mm-hmm. the first year. We didn't have to do any yeah. homework. Yeah, no
2: homework. If, no you, needed off, if you needed yeah. days off, if you, you needed days off, everybody, day. if they needed days off, just because of the stress of going to school every day, fine, that's yeah, okay. We, we didn't need... worry about grades, we didn't worry about anything.
0: Yeah, we just gave right. them mental health days whenever they needed it. We right. didn't worry about their grades. We right. figured they just—we need to just make sure that they adapt and they're, and happy. And and they're, they're happy. happy. And they're
2: happy. That was really the most important thing: to make sure it goes smoothly, that they're happy, that they have friends, right. and and they're comfortable in their environment.
0: Yeah. And right. our eldest son, we, you know, he was in yeshiva in a hester here, and uh, they appointed him a guy um, to learn with, you know, just one on one the whole day and right. one spoke in hebrew and the other spoke in english and the, the guy who we learned with you know he helped he learned his english better and my son learned conversationally brief. and of course yeah. the learning's the
2: same so it wasn't that hard of a transition i think in yeah. general that our kids were a bit of a uh, maybe almost an anomaly or a curiosity for the Israeli girls here. Yeah. Because I remember they came to pick them up on Shabbat, the first Shabbat that we were here. They were so excited to see her and go excited to go out with the girls. Uh-huh.
1: Right, right.
2: Yeah, Everybody was very nice and welcoming.
1: That is nice. That wh- is a great story. Oh, that That's a great <laughs> experience. I mean, all of you listening, you know, we have guests out a, a lot, okay, Yitzchak and Tikva. Just so you know, a lot of our guests... Um, go to you know one of three places they they move to gush Etzion, they live in be shemesh or banana and and these are the three very anglo places and you know you'll go to a place like that you're gonna be uh, i guess not even slower to become like an israeli you may never become an israeli and uh, i mean i think the kids speak hebrew and everything in the in the class but as soon as they're out of school you know, they can speak English with the children around them. In my lot, what I'm hearing from your experience is it wasn't like that at all.
0: No. Yeah, Now the kids are very much, I mean, they, they recognize and understand their, you know, American background very well. But, I mean, but they, you know, they've really integrated completely. Yeah. You know, they don't necessarily, you know, speak English every day kind of thing. Right, <laughs> right, right. Right, right. right.
1: right. 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 So I think that's a good thing you did. We did the same thing. And our kids have a very different experience in, you know, an American family who moves to an American community. And um, I think their life is going to be easier. I really do think their life is going to be easier. Um, Wonderful. All right. So tell us a bit about Aliyah lift Shipping and how you did that abroad. That's amazing that you did that before you came to Israel. I thought that was something you just, you know, came up with when you were already here. Do you mind getting into that a little bit? Oh,
0: I think we have to end. I think we have to end, and and what? stick
1: with. No, we don't have to end. Um, yeah, very, we started
0: our shipping company before we made <laughs> alia because we were thinking about alia and we were thinking about what we're gonna what we're gonna do, um, and so we help people bring their things. Right,
2: that's right. I I had been working on a different project, and I uh, with with somebody who was in the shipping industry, since it was Miami, he, his niche market was Miami to South America or something like that. And so I had some, some meetings with him and, and did some homework and uh, just kind of learned the system and, and, and learned the business. And we started with uh, our first customer in like April of 2009. And from, from then on, it's been a, a wonderful experience. Um, we've met a ton of people. You hear lots of great stories, uh-huh. um, good people. I, I've been told that we have the nicest customers, which is always nice to hear. But one <laughs> of the interesting things that I, I found is that Olim chadashim have a kind of like a, a rosy, sort of dreamy feel about moving to Israel, where toshrim Chodesim, like, you know, returning Israelis, they have this feeling like, I need to get back home. I, oh. went, to, I went to Los Angeles for two months to do something. I've been here for 13 years. I need to get back home. I'm so out of here. I'm going. They're like uh, throwing down everything. I'm getting back as fast as possible. So oh. it's fun to see the different styles and personalities that people have in, in, in coming, oh. coming, or coming back to Israel.
0: Yeah, and it's really, really, really a blessing to be able to help people make this transition. Yeah, it's a meaningful job.
2: It's a meaningful business. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you have any um, sure. any uh, stories that you want to share with us? Maybe people who, you know, didn't really want to come, and in the end, they were so totally into it, or the other way around. Uh,
2: we did have one customer that we did have one customer that came, and before their shipment arrived, they went back. <laughs> they went back oh, no. to Texas. So we shipped their stuff back to Texas. It it just stayed on the vessel the whole time, and it went back to Texas. And then a couple years later, I get another email saying, okay, we're coming back again. (laughs) And sure enough, we did the shipment back, and now they're our friends in in Carmiel. They're in Carmiel, right? Right, in Carmiel. And Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we're closer via Facebook than anything. But, uh, yeah, great people, great people. And, but it just didn't work out the first time, and it's worked. By, it happens for other people too that they go, they they come, and they go back, but they come back also again. Yeah, um, it's just
1: such a. It just sounds to me like such a hassle. Um, but that's you. You know, you handle that hassle, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we handle the hassles yeah yeah it is it is, and it was, but you know what we did what we could and, and we were able to keep the costs down and, and, and keep the container on the ship without being unloaded and dealing with customs and all the different things that we have to go through um so yeah, so that was kind of an odd uh, sort of an odd shipment
1: all right, so we're down to to one minute, and I want to each ask ask each of you if you could give some advice to our listeners advice to your listeners,
0: okay, yeah, just do it um we did it. Tons of other
2: people have done it, and so can you. Absolutely. Just roll with it. Try to keep, I don't know, keep expectations low, and definitely, 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 definitely give the benefit of the doubt, keep a positive attitude, and be grateful for all the good things that are going on and all the pieces that are falling into place.
1: Good. That's, that's perfect. Now, you are alialift.com, and if any of you out there have questions, please reach out to me, and I'll pass the message along to Yitzchak and Tikva. They've been doing this for a long time. They've seen probably lots of lots of different things going on. I, I can imagine, you know, um, it's an adventure, and th- take their words to heart, because they see it all every day. Right? Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Alialist.com, and we have a click to shadow. additionally on our website.
1: Okay, wonderful. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you so much. And oh, best thank of you. Luck. Thank you. Best of luck. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank
2: Bye-bye.
1: you. Bye. Okay. Now I'm still on the air. So all of you listening, um, you know, there are a lot of different shipping companies out there, but these guys are good. I met him in person and he was not only so nice, but he was on time. The guy was on time. Okay. I have not met anyone in Israel who's on time. <laughs> if there's anything to say, I, We didn't have to wait. He was on time. Very funny. Very great. And, um, very, very nice. I mean, when you're moving, it's stressful enough. You know, you, wanna, you don't want to have to be waiting for your uh, shipper to come and, and look at all the stuff you have. So stick with us. We are just about to take another break, and we'll finish up when we get back. Shalom, I'm Leah Haroni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. I keep uh, chatting with this couple who is on because now I have my own questions. Uh, I was I was um, asking, what do you think about bringing a car? Should should people bring a car? We have, you know, these questions come up all the time in the different Aliyah groups. And uh, Yitzhak is telling me, it is our policy not to make recommendations. It's a bit of a hassle, okay, for some to bring a car. But for some people, it may be worth it. Now, I remember we were talking about it. I know people are talking about this all the time because cars here are very, very expensive. Um, that's, uh, you know, there, there are different kinds of people in the world. There are, kinds of, there are people who value items, who value objects, and there are people who don't, who value time and experiences. And to be honest, you know, when you live here, and the country's so small and it's so extreme um just uh, i'll give an example a report came out uh, our, our organization made a report of all the terror violent terror events arabs against jews that occurred in january in 2022 400 events okay 300 of them were rock throwing against jewish cars 89 of them were Molotov cocktails and 59 of them were burning tires and then like there's a whole litany of other ones you know stabbing attempts car ramming attempts attempts laser in someone's eye i mean just you know tons of events and when you have that kind of like daily activity okay like uh, in some of the areas of Israel um, do you really want to spend all this time and worry and hassle and money about shipping a fancy car? Like, it seems ridiculous to me. Now, if you live, you know, off of Kvishesh or and you just live in a little town in Renana or someplace where you never go through Yud and Shimon, all right. I guess it might be worth it to bring a big fancy car, but the rest of Israel and people, you know, all over the place do go to Yerushalayim and they do travel on Shishim and they do go to these places. You're going to go eventually get to the Jordan Valley. People travel. It just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Um, That's one thing I always liked about Israel. I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was at the Hebrew University, I had a boyfriend and when we would go out, he would go to the Kaspomat, the the machine where you take money out of the automatic teller, teller machine. Here it's called a Kaspomat. And he would take out like 400 shekels, which is a ton of money. Okay, Back then it was a ton of money. Today it's, a, it's like maybe $120. It's a lot of money when you're 20 years old and going on a date. And I thought like he was really um, spoiling me and his parents really spoiled him and they let him take out all this money. And, and then I would, we would go out and the date would just go on and on and on, I mean, until 3 in the morning and i realized then that israelis live for today they have this expression to say Chaim, do life make life and i loved that and it wasn't just that boyfriend all my boyfriends were like that all my friends were like that the israelis they they never really held back and they never really made big like plans it was almost like roll with it like they were just telling us Yitzchak. And ticpah. people just roll with it. They go. And if they hear of something going on over here, they'll go there. This is what my kids are like also. They're very much into coming home, picking up their stuff, and going out again, even though it takes them an hour and a half to get home. I mean, perfect example. This Thursday, everyone came home, my soldier, my 18-year-old, Michina, my daughter, 14, and my little boy who lives at home, my 12-year-old. The three of them, not the little one, the three of them turned right around on Friday morning and left. Now, I don't know where they went. This one went to a friend. This one went to a Shabbat together with this person. This one went to a farm. They're just very much into doing. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing about Israel. There's something about the energy here and um, it's something to keep in mind when you move here. This will happen to your children, and this will hopefully rub off on you. And I think it's rubbed off on me. And I make it a point to do things, and not just talk about them, and not just plan them. Because if you do that, then you know maybe sometimes it's just never going to get done. Because nothing, you know, it's just a thing, where we live, things don't just, plans don't always work out. Let me put it that way. Um, what else can I share with you Um, this friend of mine who left is very very unusual okay that's unusual most people I know who have come here have made a life here a successful life here and just like Yitzchak and um, Tikva were telling us it's amazing to see how your children meet these different kinds of Israelis from all places all um, different areas of society and they marry these people And then they become your family i love that i can't wait for that to happen um that's what i have to look forward to now my my youngest is 12 and my oldest is 20 and you know they're gonna start getting married these next 10 years and that's what i look forward to now you know marrying them off and uh with god's help that'll happen and um it's so nice to hear Speaking about it, it just sounded effortless. Everything she says, and the two of them, it sounded effortless. And if you have a good attitude, like they had, and like they probably still have, it really will be like effortless and an enjoyable journey. And every little hardship that you encounter, you just, you know, overcome it the best you can, and don't dwell on it too much. And that's really how you should be in life, no matter where you are. You know, don't dwell on the tough times and the hard parts too much. Um, because there are plenty of them, plenty of them. I was just telling you about the report here. I mean, my God, it was awful—a very, very violent month. But we go on, and I still drive. And we all still go out, and uh, we live with this. It's not good. We live with it. You know, there's violence all over the world. When I was living in Philadelphia, I was afraid to go to the Mann Music Center. Any of you listening, that is a bad neighborhood today. I would duck my head when we drove there, so uh, I was afraid of gunshots. There's uh, violence everywhere. Here in Israel, at least, you know where it is. And um, there are no real surprises. You just, you know, you you have to be tough. You have to know where you're going. You have to be tough. There's the other side of Israel, which is not that there's no violence, but there's very little, um, what do you call that? Like crime, there's very little crime like uh, theft and, and things like that. It just doesn't really happen, especially in a small community. You don't have to lock your doors here. You don't have to lock your car. Um, you know, if, if somebody wants milk, you can tell them your door's open and they'll go get it. Um, you know, children get lost and you find them. Nobody's being kidnapped, nothing nothing like that. And it's, very, uh, it's a very nice way to live. You, the children grow up and they can be independent and they can be children, you know? and they can be safe, and they can trust their neighbors. And it's um, totally different than the way I grew up, not trusting anybody, not trusting people when they rang their door. We would never want to answer the door when somebody would call. Um, I would love all of you listening to write, continue writing, you do, do more, and uh, call in, that would be great. Um, there's, uh, you know, the Aliyah, wave is not as strong as we thought it was going to be and i hope it picks up again i really do israel's here waiting for you there is building going on all over new neighborhoods going up all the time you should see the newspaper on shabbat they're just showing you neighborhood after neighborhood beautiful apartment after beautiful apartment um it's amazing it's amazing um, you know, it's a really great life here, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's sad. You know, my family's far away. My, they don't come. We, we've grown apart a little bit. Our lives are different. But, you know, I wanted I wanted my life to be here. I wanted my children to be here and be strong Jews and to marry Jews. And, and my siblings and their children probably won't marry Jewish. And, um, you know, America just isn't our home. It was a temporary home. Because there was no Israel, but there's Israel today, and there's just no reason not to come home. Uh, everyone knows what happened this week with Whoopi Goldberg opening her big mouth on the TV show The View, and this is what everyone's talking about. Really, this is your this is get this gets you excited, and this is ridiculous. Who cares? Who is she? She's nobody. She's nothing. Israel's important. Your Jewish brothers and sisters are important. That's where your energy should be, not on some, you know, celebrity. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me what people focus on. You know, I'm a fundraiser and it's like begging to get people to help. But uh, if you're a celebrity, you don't, you know, you say something, everyone runs, everyone wants to help, everyone wants to react, everyone pays attention to that garbage. It's ridiculous. There's a lot more going on here and everything here is holy and important. There's only one Israel. Okay. And we need all hands on deck. So take that with you for the week and, um, you know, put one foot in front of the other. And if you want to come, make your plans. And if you can't come and you want to help, be in touch. There are plenty of places to help and be involved in Israel, even if you can't be here. Um, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else to say, but that really got me upset when I see that. Every time I open my Facebook, I see more and more about it. It's just going on and on as if this woman has any say in the the Jewish life. Well, she's not at all ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It shows that um, there's something at work here. There's something at work and we have to focus and, um, you know, pay attention to the real important parts of our lives, not the distractions. Thank you all for listening. I'll meet you next week. Same time. Bye-bye.